takes it forward and it's saved. Burnt Shipment is up for the task. And now Madison are breaking away the other side. Onan with a flock of Mingos with him. Cheney still going and Cheney scores from one end to the other. Mingos with four. What a night last night, huh? That was Jesus. all right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation. Uh, it's Andrew. I'm here with Grant. Uh, Grant just disappeared, but Mitch is here, so that's good. Hello. <laughs> I'm still here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for our first, our inaugural episode of Sunday Seance. Uh, which effectively is, you know, it's just a live call-in show. That's basically all it is. Uh, we're here uh, talking with fans, getting uh, all of the hot takes, maybe the lukewarm takes, maybe the absolutely cold takes as well. Uh, but let's let's get through it all today. We've got a bunch of topics to talk through. Um, first, uh, you know, we've got three games basically to talk about since the last time. Uh, we, we chatted since the last time we recorded, um, uh, though I will say, Grant, uh, you were on an episode of Talking Flock where you talked through both the, the Open Cup game yep. as well as the Lexington game uh, with Rob. What can you say about that? Yeah, um, you know, I definitely encourage everyone to go and uh, wherever you get your podcast from, go check out Talking Flock and you can listen to that episode. Great job. You know, great podcast from our friend Rob. Who uh, he was down in Lexington with us, um, and we just pretty much talked about um, you know the game itself, which we'll kind of get into. But primarily, what we talked a lot about was uh, how great it was down there. Uh, yeah. Just as far as away day goes, um, it's about as good as you can get. It's one of the better ones I think we've had um, in terms of like just the um, place where we are, uh, stadium, the facilities, the ease of access to things. It was yeah. just a good, great experience. So go, uh, go listen to that episode and go, go check it out. We drank lots of good bourbon too. <laughs> yeah, so that never hurts, always right? Helped. It's always a good thing, right? Yeah. So. yeah. And there um, were certainly things that could have been improved from that experience, but hey, it absolutely. was his first game. Like, yeah, they got time. And yeah. kudos to them. I mean, they, they had a big crowd. Uh, I think they had some mentioned. I know you'll know the number, but I think it was around 4K. Maybe three K. Um, I don't think it was that high. I think it was. I think it was over three thousand, though. Yeah, which is great. You I know, think it was a shade over three thousand. Yeah, for their first game, and like it, you, I don't know how much it could be seen on the broadcast, but it was insane the amount of Lexington SC gear that people yeah. were wearing in the crowd. Like, yeah, it like at least half of the crowd, at least half, was wearing something related to the team. And we asked. Uh, we asked a couple of workers, a couple of guys in the merch booth after the game. And uh, they said they didn't give any of that away. That was all stuff that was sold. And apparently they had a line going out of the stadium before the game yeah. uh, for, and, for the store, which is insane. And there was people that we talked to about, you know, how'd you know about the game and the interest? And they would say like, Oh, we saw a commercial on television about it. So it's That's like, so, cool. so local TV and, advertisements are you know, just the community in general is really getting behind them, which is great yeah. to see. Yeah, They're a good addition, good addition to the league. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> the other piece that Grant, I wanted to call out is uh, you had a little therapy session talking through the, the house game. We'll get into that with uh, 
some of the folks that are calling in this morning. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I do find it helpful whenever we have a frustrating result or, yeah. or you know, a loss or whatever it might be, yeah. um, to <laughs> exercise some of those demons by talking them through. Um, I, but yeah, I think, we'll, absolutely. We'll get into that as well. Uh, but the, the big thing and why we're all uh, got a little spring in our step today, uh, e- even feeling a little bit sore headed uh, and worse for wear, uh, the the four one victory last night over Greenville Triumph, uh, the a, a, an echo, a replay, as it were, of our home opener in 2019. We've struggled to score against this team. Um, we've struggled to get wins against this team. Uh, most games uh, between these two uh, end up 1-1 or 0-0. Uh, so to have an emphatic scoreline like that at a, at a home league opener, it feels good. It feels real good. Yeah. I mean, in, in true, uh, in, you know, re- a reflective nature of the Wisconsin weather, we go from one extreme to the other mm-hmm. in a matter of a week. So, you know, on Tuesday, I don't think uh, we could be we could be any lower than where we were after that game. Uh-huh. Uh, and then last night, complete opposite. Because, yeah. um, like you've mentioned, this is a team that we've we struggle against, and we have historically. Um, we haven't scored a whole lot against, and Green Greenville in general doesn't give up a lot of goals. No, um, that's kind of like they're. You know, at least sure. historically, like yeah. last season, last season you could definitely see chunks, chinks in the armor, like yeah, at like that five-five game they had yeah. against Fermenta and stuff. And we scored, we dropped three on them in our win against them last year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, historically they've been a very strong defensive team. Um. They were missing Brandon Fricky, but hey, you got to take advantage of that when you can, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh. You know, without any further ado, let's let's get into a little bit. Let's talk through the Lexington game. And to do that, uh, we've got uh, David Magnus, the floor Mingos himself. Uh, David, um, Grant talked a little bit about the Lexington game. Uh, it sounds like you had a bunch of squatters staying in your Airbnb all weekend uh, <laughs> who may have, uh, you know, pay, paid you off, exchanged uh room and board for uh some some whiskey sips is that accurate swap it out for some spotted cow even though i got a lot of heat for loving spotted cow but i don't get it enough uh swap (laughs) it out for that and that's what we did the squatters were respectful squatters (laughs) you came in from orlando for that game yeah yeah my boy adam and i flew up for the match when we saw the schedule came out we wanted to see what weekends we could we could hang out for and that was going to be a good one so we were going to fly up uh we knew that date was going to work so i grabbed an airbnb as close to the stadium as possible when the lexington folks told us it was going to be in lexington and then turned out it wasn't in lexington it was in georgetown so i was able to Mm. snag an airbnb that was uh up there and it was good, you know, uh, Mitch was over in that one and we had like six, eight, 12, 15, I don't know how many other people were in our Airbnb. Uh, and we were a 10 minute walk from the tailgate and then another five minute walk to the stadium from there. Yeah, was, I think uh, there were seven a whole of us. Lot of fun. Yeah, it was seven. It was seven, if you include my boy too. And uh, just, just no, that was great. Dudes. It was a whole lot of fun. And then, uh, and then there was the other Airbnb that, uh, you know, Grant and Zach and Alexa, and Brock were over there at, and that was a little bit off, but it was, 
and Bella. We had a, Bella we had, we had a dog there. So. Yes. It was, it was really cool being in Airbnbs and kind of smashing together and, uh, uh, felt a little bit different than if you had a whole bunch of folks trying to stay in hotel rooms with each other. It's kind of nice to uh, share a kitchen, pour coffee together, have some beer in the fridge, and just kind of chill. That was that was that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, what did you make of the game? Uh, it seemed like we we again struggled to score, uh, but defense looked pretty solid. Yeah, I think both teams had chances, and uh, the goalies on both sides had some stops. And uh, I will say for a nil-nil, I've seen worse, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I will say that the atmosphere was that was, was awesome. Um, and we, when we walked in, you should have seen all these looks that everyone was giving us. Not mean looks, but just inquisitive, like, how are all these people in pink traveling all the way from Wisconsin? And then we set up shop in our little corner and we had our one drum and we had our one horn and we had our one melodica. And, uh, you know, I don't think that 3,200 Lexington fans had any clue the amount of noise that the 18, 19 of us were going to be able to produce from our little corner over there. Uh, and, um, yeah, actually it was funny. We, I, I helped to arrange the tickets for everybody and, for the longest time, I could not get a hold of anybody ticketing at Lexington. And finally, uh, I got a hold of Keith and Keith T. Meyer and Bay said, look, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get you tickets. So he got us tickets and it was going to be behind the Madison bench because that's the tickets for the friends and family. And then I get a phone call when I get off the plane in Lexington from the Lexington ticket office. Hi, this is so-and-so. Please call me back right away. <laughs> <laughs> you never great. Really want to call like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what this is. So I called him back and he's like, Well, we're gonna move you guys to what we're calling the away supporter section. Um, <laughs> you know, you guys can be as loud as you want over in that corner, but we think you're gonna be pretty loud and we don't really want you right behind the benches. So I said, That's fine, that's fine. So they put us in the corner yeah. and um you know, we were we were as loud as you can be with 18. And I know you could hear us on the broadcast. So we had we had a lot of fun. We got some dirty looks for the flocking chance. Oh, and, sure. uh, um, and uh, you know, we, we, we did our thing. It was it was a lot of fun. And the guys came over afterwards and uh, my boy got his jersey signed by the whole team, which was awesome. That was nice. Thanks to uh, thanks to Coach Matt. He grabbed uh, he grabbed Adam's jersey, brought it back to the locker room had us wait around five, 10 minutes and he brought it out of the locker room over to Adam and his mm. eyes were just lit up. He was so happy with that. That's super cool. Um, yeah. So we've got some other folks queued up. Uh, I don't want to eat up too much of your time too. appreciate you listening and, and dialing, especially uh, David. I wanted to ask um, just because, you know, we've had uh, some very hit or miss results so far this season. Uh, last night really being the first hit. Uh Who's who since we have only four players returning this season, who's impressed you so far? I mean, I, I can probably make a very short list of most impressive, but who who's your player to watch this season based on performances so far? Of those four, DG, no matter what. His 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 um his energy out there and he's getting on the end of balls and he is just moving. I'm loving seeing Bear Gebhardt out there, just almost a resurgent year for sure. Yeah, what about the new guys? Uh, you know, Jaden Onan. I mean, no, we're not going to see him for a minute. That's okay. We'll chat about that, I'm sure. 
yeah. but his 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 getting into everything his activity his energy uh you know that's been awesome i mean i mean you know cheney has been great and he's getting on the end of balls but onan just kind of quietly doing his great work so far has been really really great to see yeah absolutely i'm not sure i'd call it quiet yeah. well <laughs> putting <laughs> other than that one play sure i mean even outside of that like, yeah. yeah he's 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 out there he's out there absolutely i'd I'd say right now he's he's probably one of the best players in the league oh yeah so, I, mean, I, I, would agree. I think i think he might be the fastest player i've ever seen in this league oh yeah 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 La- last night that counter case example we'll get into that he, 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 yeah <laughs> uh david thank you so much for joining us today uh take care of yourself and we'll chat soon i'm sure sounds good bye guys up the ghost all right always like talking to that guy yeah um, he's a dead he's a deadhead that's why i yeah. love him yeah. yeah uh gonna go ahead and let's Ooh, chris fox is on the line let's get that guy in here let's get angry oh yeah <laughs> I'll take uh, an angry orchard, extra angry. <laughs> uh, so Chris, we, we, were just, we, were just talking, we were talking through uh, the past few games. Um, Chris, you, you, you're the, you're the club DJ now uh, spinning ahead of every home game this season. How's that been going so far? Oh, it's been wonderful. Um, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I think, uh, Folks walking through gate one are having a good time here in some tunes. And as they move through the grounds, being able to just keep the vibe up and the energy moving and flowing before the flock gets through and marches on. And, you know, we go on into kickoff and beyond. So, yeah, it's been good so far. I've been really enjoying it. Nice. Um, we just talked a little bit through the Lexington game, um, but uh, we probably don't need to cover that too much in, uh, in, in detail just because Grant already talked with Rob Chapel about that. Go listen to that Talking Flock episode uh, if, you, if you get a chance. Uh, I know we don't necessarily want to talk about the Open Cup game, but we probably should. Um, it wasn't a great night out. Nah. Uh, <laughs> it, the broadcast was great, by the way. Yeah, yes. Yeah, actually... I, so I was the asshole uh, sitting with family down in Texas. The first time we've been there in six years with a battery pack, like hooked up to my phone, sitting on the table while I'm like pounding tacos. Uh, so I was the the jerk at the, you know, we hadn't been there in six years and Andrew's on his phone. What the fuck is going on? Uh, but no, it was, it would have been a little more worth it to me. Uh, had we actually made something of that game and not fully collapsed in the last 15 minutes. Um, I think this was the first time Mitch came off the bench. Yeah. I think at least with us, I I know that's the case. Yeah. What did you make of the team's performance overall, Chris, on Tuesday? Uh, so uh, just from the jump and the, from the first go, seeing this squad, there's just a lot more energy that we've been needing. Okay. There's a lot more aggression, a lot more pace on the ball. Um, as far as the open cup game, I feel like we brought that. I feel like there were good chances either way. I feel like we great start somewhere. Um, my thought has been, there's just uh, an issue with the stamina. We weren't ready to go that extra 30 minutes. We obviously weren't prepared for that. And it showed. It weighed us down real heavy in that in those final two halves of extra time, 
And, and somehow uh, Chicago House had been ready for that. I don't know what their record looks like or what their seasons in the past have looked like and how many extra time games they've gone into. But it right. seems like they had been in that scenario before um, and they just handled it a little bit better than we did. And we just kind of fell apart. So, yeah. Well, I can um, tell you how their seasons look. Their season hasn't started yet. Um, yeah, again, so even yeah. past seasons, you know, I don't know if, you know, if they're just being prepared for that scenario, you know, I mean, they're running a couple extra suicides or whatever they call them these days, Oklahoma. Yeah. I don't know what these American <laughs> coaches are calling them <laughs> inside, Oklahoma's. inside of the soccer world. I don't know what they're calling them, you know, so who knows? <laughs> I'm not calling Oklahoma's from now on. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't care what they're with, that's what I'm calling them from now on. Yeah. Um, so when we, when we chatted with Nazim, uh, the last time he was on NDZ live, we asked him what we could expect from the game, uh, specifically from house. And, uh, his response was that he thought it was going to be a fight, a battle. Um, and it seemed like he kind of knew what to expect, but he was, he's been hurt and he didn't play at all. Um, Robert screen who captained the side, I thought did a great job, uh, at least the you know yeah. first 75 minutes anyway. Um, so he admitted during the post post game interview, Grant, I think you interviewed him and he said that we probably didn't pay uh house much as much respect it was as was due to them. And mm. you hear this kind of thing all the time, you know, like the cup sets that happen in the FA cup and, and in Absolutely. The call, like, you'd think at some point these guys would, would learn to pay due respect. Um, did you, Do you guys think that it, it was down to that? I mean, it certainly seemed like it to me. I think that's definitely part of that. Um, I also think, too, and you and I were talking about this yesterday. I think part of this also is that, you know, if you're when you're up 2 nothing in the 75th minute and then you're subbing in, essentially, you're your starting back line. Um, I think the mentality kind of dips to where it's right. like, you kind of, you kind of think like you've got this wrapped up. And so you, you may lose your edge a little bit. And the problem with that is that if the team scores, the other team scores one and they're back in the game, now they have hope and they're riding high and you're trying to recover and trying to get back to it. Yeah. It's a tough situation. So um, I think that comes about from not respecting your opponent, because if you have, if you res respect your opponent, you're going to, even with those subs coming in the 75th, you're going to be like, we got to lock it down. Like we got to go in and like do the job. Yeah. Like this game, like this, for this game isn't over yet. And that, and I think there was a general feeling that the game was over at you know, the 70th minute. So yeah, then, dude. so then we, so then we boil that down to complacency. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. It's like, Right. You get to that point, 73rd minute, up by two, you can't turn off. You know, you can't get in that mindset of like, all right, cool, we're content now. We're going to bring in these lads. We're going to sub in. And then all of a sudden, you drop it, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> From there on. So, 100%. Um, I, I think that's a big lesson learned, though. I think that that was something that everybody picked up on right then and there and was like, we don't care. The burner stays on till the final whistle. Yep, yeah, absolutely. and I think that that was definitely something. Um, you know, they, the the coaches and the staff were really, I think they were really trying to prepare these guys. I think it was just something where I don't think it was anything to do with the coaching. I know there was a lot of people that were upset with the coaching and stuff after the game, and were asking for Matt Glazer to be fired. 
Um, <laughs> um, but uh, stay off the yeah, internet. Get them out of here. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I that this was on the players. The, the, yeah. You know, I, and they'll tell you that. They'll admit that. I mean, they they didn't get the job done. This wasn't anything to do with like the preparation from like the coaching staff or, you know, anything like that. I think it was just the players just didn't get it down the field. And like what Chris was saying, it was that complacency. I think that kind of set, set in and sometimes a loss. And maybe this is a nice transition to, you know, uh, the game last night, but sometimes a loss is a good thing. Um, and it appeared to be a really good thing after the result last night. And if, it, and if that's how we're going to look at it with like a silver lining, you know, like I'd rather have it be that scenario and open cup against Chicago house than yeah. at home against Omaha at some point or, yeah. or, lo- or lose the game last night. Yeah. Like, or lose the game last like it, night, you know, to the, op- the opposite direction. That'd be a four one, you know, to yeah. Greenville. Like, yeah. I was so. talking to someone earlier this week. It may have been Friday um, about, about the open cup match. Um, and we were talking about Matt's, uh, you know, there's been, there was talk as Grant said that, you know, maybe Matt should be fired. Matt should not be fired. Matt is not on the hot seat at all. Um, no, not, at all. Matt out there right now. Matt is not on the hot seat at all. He wasn't no. before. He wasn't before yesterday. Either. No. People, um, people and, and fans need to need to need to knock that noise off. Yeah. That's, that's, in, yeah, and, in addition, I just want to finish this point. Yeah, go um, ahead, Mitch. They, uh, I also, we were also talking about since this was before the Greenville game. I, I, I had said um, that they were going to come out angry. The boys were going to come out angry yeah. about what happened on Tuesday. Yeah, and absolutely. They, they came out angry and they yeah. took it to Greenville. And Greenville's been limping. Greenville, you know, Greenville yeah. is now zero and three. And we, you know, that's what you got to do. If you got John Parks on the hot seat, if you got a team <laughs> limping in to a home game against yeah. you, like you got to take it to them. Yep, absolutely. You know what I found interesting is you read through the 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 Reddit comments from that game thread, and the 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 comments are are very very much like summed up like glazer needs to be mending fences with the fans which i don't disagree with necessarily but i also feel like when you had a bunch of guys last season that didn't want to really didn't really care about playing for each other um you have that this year you absolutely have that this year uh mitch osmond had a howler of a game on tuesday night uh like I said earlier, I think this is the first time he's been subbed into a game. And Grant, you and I were talking yesterday about how he's very much a a sort of vibe type of player and likes to pick up on the game's flow and really run yeah. just his playing style to that. Do you feel like him getting the nod last night after a poor performance uh, on Tuesday was uh, sort of a, a the manager still showing some faith in him? Hundred percent. He's your he's he's your captain, you know. And your captain is is human, just like anybody else. And they're going to have a bad game. And it's important when your captain has a holler of a game to put them back in a situation to where they can go out and perform the way that they know how to perform. So I think what that does is it shows the younger guys 
I can have a bad game and not think this is going to be the end of my career. Right. I can have a bad game. I'm going to get another chance, but I got to take, but you have to take the, you have to take hold of that chance. Mitch last night took hold. He, he got that opportunity and he, that's why he's Mitch. That's why he's a pro. It's why he's a captain. He took, he was yeah. great last night. He was amazing last night. Um, that's the Mitch that we know. And that's why it's like, you look at a game on Tuesday and that's more of kind of like a, an anomaly rather than the type of player that he is, because what we saw in Greenville uh, and what we saw down in Lexington, he was great in Lexington. Like Mitch contested that he was amazing in Lexington. He had an open field tackle where he, it was pretty much, I make this tackle or I get a red. And if I don't, they get a, I get a red card and they probably score. And he made the tackle. I mean, it was, it was perfect. So I think last night he was just, like you said, it's just Mitch, Mitch doing Mitch and showing the other guys in the team. It's like, Hey, you got to rally. You can have a bad game, but you got to rally. Yep. You know, come out angry. Like Mitch said. So, so I, I think part of it too, along, along with that, um, some guys just play better when they start instead of coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think the greatest example of that in this league was Cheney last year with, um, with Fuego where early in the season he started and he scored a lot. And then, a lot. <laughs> midway through the season they started bringing him in off the bench in like the 70th 80th minute and that was not his game it's not his game like cheney's gotta cheney's gotta be out there right at the start he's you know and that's i i think maybe that might be the case with mitch like you said this was his first game that he came in off of the bench in a forward madison uniform maybe that's just he's just got to be in there the whole time I agree. Chris, one more question for you. Um, thank you for joining us, by the way. Uh, always, always nice to see your face, uh, whether it be in person or on the internet. <laughs> rolling his eyes. <laughs> you know, we've got live video of this. Everybody can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's totally fine. I'm not, I'm not here to fake any kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, some of the other, one of the other Reddit comments said uh, after the house game, it's frustrating that they didn't take the cup game seriously. Um, and, a, and a follow-up to that was, I don't understand why we don't take it seriously. We're not getting relegated. So sacrificing a few games isn't a huge deal. Uh, do you think that we just didn't take the the cup seriously or did, did the players just not show up that night? No, I don't think it's either one of those. So I think we took the cup game seriously. I think the players showed up, but they only showed up to a certain extent in the match. And then again, it came down to that complacency and feeling content in the amount of uh, goals they were ahead and uh, the, the time on the clock. Um, and this has happened before to other teams. We've seen it in all levels of football before. If you get to that point, you get to content, and you're like, all right, cool, this one's in the bag. Things can quickly turn around. A yeah. fire can start when, you know, when there's no humidity in the air. That's what happens. Fires start, they get out of control, shit burns down, and that's what happened on Tuesday. Yeah. And every, every single person uh, from the coaching staff to the players to the fans understood that. And if they don't, they're catching on to it because, yes, yeah, some don't really understand open cup things. And I get that. A lot of people are falling in to the culture. But, no, the vibes were there. Everybody took it seriously. We knew we wanted to move on. We knew we wanted to make some sort of impact in this year's cup. It just came down to being way too content on the pitch. In a, in a late minute up by two. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. Well, thank you, Chris, for joining us. 
We'll chat yeah. soon, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Be well. See you, buddy. All right. What do you guys make of, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I heard, I've heard multiple people say it. I tend to agree. Um, that Tuesday night's performance in the cup was our, our worst performance as, as a, as a team, uh, in the club's history. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a very young team, uh, right? Year five. I, I, I would say it's a worst result yeah. that we've had I and worst performance. Yeah. Um, we were pretty damn good. The first 70 minutes of the game. Um, it was the last 20 minutes of the game where we fucking, the wheels came off. Um, yeah. Worst performance, I would say, would probably be one of those games where we got we gave up. I think was it six to Charlotte or six to Charlotte? I think that's yeah. I think that's, that's our worst. And, that's yeah. our worst performance. Or when we went down and we lost to this was I think it was twenty twenty one. We lost to a really bad North Carolina team. Yeah. Um, who or we should have just blown twenty nineteen losing to Orlando City B before we yeah. turned around. That was I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's been like some really bad overall performances. Is, is this the worst? Was Tuesday the worst result that we've had? Without question, without yeah. question, because you, you you lost to an amateur team. That right. that's in yeah, in in, in a, in a cup. Sure. I mean, yeah, that that's worst result. But we've got Travis on the line. He's been on NDZ live before. How you doing today, Travis? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Good, Travis. Good to talk to you. Yeah, it's uh doing well. A little little bit of a sore head this morning, but you know that that happens. That does happen. Um so let's talk a bit about you know, we've we've talked some about some of the negatives from the from the house game on Tuesday. Obviously the scoreline. Um we had 32 shots, only eight of which were on target. Um three out of the four big chances that were created we missed. Um and for me, the commentator saying the phrase the twine repeatedly <laughs> ad nauseum was Mitch. Like if I was running that broadcast, I probably would have like gone over and muted his microphone. And <laughs> like one more chance. I, Say it one more time. <laughs> I, I actually did notice it, but <laughs> I can tell you I was far too stressed with yeah. everything I was doing myself. Yeah. To care enough i just was like i just said i was just in there and just like well i'm not the professional broadcaster here right, so, right. yeah uh, i was like okay do 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 what you want do what yeah. you want i i like this this thing this thing that i have created is already a massive just pain in the butt yep i can't <laughs> i cannot give yeah any more of a care to what is going on over there yeah. on the other side? You did great. You did great, Mitch. Come on, you did yeah, great. Yeah, you did. You did great. And for somebody, I was out of town visiting family all week last week, so I didn't get to be at the game. But it was wonderful being able to follow along, even if it was completely heartbreaking <laughs> results-wise. Um, so thanks for all the hard work you put on in on that, Mitch, as well as is Trevor and uh, and Kyle Carr as well. Uh, We've got Trevor waiting. We're going to let him in uh, after we talk with Travis. But Travis, one of the positives, the the big positives of this Chicago house game in the Open Cup on Tuesday, Jaden Onan. We keep saying the guy's name, and with good reason. He had another goal, another assist, played 120 minutes, and had nearly a third of the team's shots on Tuesday night. What are you making of, of Jaden's impact on the team this season so far? 
oh the guy's a the guy's a monster he's he's legit um i'd say he's probably the the most talented player we've had i think i think i i'm gonna i'm gonna take that take um just his pedigree i mean you see it out there i mean um and then yeah there's like when we talk to him you know there's still that kind of like humbled quietness about him you know yeah yeah, but, uh, yeah he's he's a phenomenal phenomenal addition to the team this year yeah i i would agree with that so so far this season looking at his stats you know because again he he came <laughs> he obviously had, had a, a red a straight red card last last night in the game against greenville but probably would have played the full 90 had he not been sent yeah. off. Oh, yeah. He told so, me he, he told me he was planning on it. Like I talked so, to him after the game last night. He said he was planning on playing the full 90s. So. Yeah, so to have that guy play 120 minutes on Tuesday night and then come out fitness-wise just ready to go, and he ran everyone off the pitch last night. Not just that. He yeah. also ran a full – he also played a full 90 on Saturday. So he played a full 90 on Saturday – Turns it around three days later, plays 120, and then is intending to play another 90 four days later. Right. It like I have to I have to give it to the guy. Um, he's looked incredible. He I think is this kind of the spark that we've needed. And the fact that you know now we've got a, a, a clinical finisher for the most part in in Christian Cheney, who was outstanding again last night. Yep. Um like those those two, I, I think our whole front line is is honestly has been quite good. Last last night was superb. Um, how Travis, maybe give us your take on, on how how is Nazim Bartman gonna try to slot back into this this uh, front line once he's back from injury? I mean, I assume you know he'd be you know brought in kind of slowly, getting those you know the minutes in and building up. And I mean, I think he'd do great coming off the bench for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, he, it's kind of stacked. But I, you know, I think he's got talent too. Um, he he's impressive. He has his moments. Um, I think the big thing is, can can the uh, can the attack stay consistent? Which I believe it will. Um, and then he has to prove that he can also stay consistent. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Grant, Mitch, what do you guys make of, of, you know, I think the competition is going to be a good thing, uh, yeah, to keep, to absolutely. keep us productive this season. Well, and I think that, you know, when you think about the situation, you look at it and say, you know, since Nazim has been out, who's been filling that role and it's been moral, uh, Tr Um, and then you look at Nazim and moral and they have two different types of games, Yep. you know, so each one of you each player brings you something different. And so um, they have similarities to their game as well, but you know, they're, they're so I think it's nice to have um, a couple of options to where you can adjust your attack based on. And so, cause I think as we saw in Omaha, um, we were destroying them on the left side. Yeah. I mean, with, with Derek and Nazim and, you know, Jaden kind of slipping around, we were just destroying that left side. Um, whereas last night, uh, cause moral, he, he tends to kind of float a little bit more, um, and, and in the midfield, uh, we kind of dominated like from side to side and that's just, you know, and so that, it, like I said, it's just, a, it's two different types of attacks, whatever one is working, like what Travis was saying. Um, 
it's got to be whatever one has got the hot hand and whoever is playing well, that's the person that is, is getting the run, and which I is good to have. have this has been like, like, this is a very good problem to have. Like yeah. it's a very good problem to have. And I definitely have to say that our wing play, like from, from the fullbacks to our wings has been great. Um, yeah. so it's, it's almost reminiscent to year one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, having having guys that, uh, and and to be honest, you know, I mean, I feel like you had a guy like, you know, Paulo Junior, who was kind of at the at the at the you know the sunset of, or the the twilight is, of his career, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's still playing, um, no. but to have you know, a few years later, almost like an upgrade on him, and he was an incredible yeah. player most most games. Um, I mean. It, I, I, I think that that's one of the things you got to talk about Derek Gebhardt's season. Oh, 100%. He's... Derek, I mean, Jaden has been a monster, but Derek has been just as good. I mean, you look at like his FOP mob ratings, he's been, I think, over seven every game. He, uh, was, he was MVP of the game yesterday, according to FOP mob, 8.1. Yeah. You know, and so he's come in this year, I mean, just absolutely on a tear. And, hungry. I mean, and and that's that's great because to have a returning player come back and just he's come in just with a, a different focus and you know, but I think it goes in the show. I mean, you know, like last year his daughter was born and then he's trying to get that settled and everything that goes and that's a hard thing, you know, to yeah. try and be a professional and be a good dad and you know be a good husband, you know, be a good partner and all all that kind of stuff. So it's one of those things where I think he's kind of settling in. And is comfortable. He looks comfortable, and yeah. I think that the off the pitch stuff is blending in with the on pitch stuff. And he has just been phenomenal this year. Phenomenal. Yeah. And now with that goal, with that goal last night, he's now up to seven goals for forward Madison, which puts him tied for third with Jeremiah Streng on the all time list. Very good. That- Streng scored seven times last year. Yeah. 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 God damn. <laughs> yep. Maybe maybe it's because I'm thinking of all the times he blew chances that <laughs> he had a lot of chances, man. Yeah, you, you give him the ball, he shoot. Yeah, you, you take ball, he shoot. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Travis. Thank you so much for for joining us uh, today. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and thanks for uh, sharing your thoughts and, and your insights. Thanks for having me, you guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, but have a good one. Thanks, Travis. All right, we welcome into oh, the there show. He is. Uh, the sexy, <laughs> the sexy sax man himself, uh, Trevor. How are you? Uh, I apologize if I sound a little hoarse tonight. My, thro- <laughs> my throat's a little sore from uh, about ninety-five minutes of longer than that, like it, almost two hours of playing saxophone last night for some USL one team that uh, <laughs> win. <laughs> that won. <laughs> uh, nice emphatic, room. yeah. <laughs> Emphatic win last night, Trevor. Um, what do you, we were just talking about Derek Gebhardt, uh, man of the match last night. Um, just seems like a, a player renewed from last season. Uh, is he a guy that you like to watch? Well, yeah, I mean, he he's kind of my favorite type of soccer player in that although he may not put up the type of numbers like somebody like uh, Cheney or, or Mara Chichero would. He 
he's almost like a silent assassin and everything that he does is so meticulously thought out. He's four or five or six steps ahead of what he wants to do. And 75 or 80% of the time he brings that to fruition. I will say that right now I I've been to uh, four games this season. I went to Omaha. I went to Lexington. I was at the open cup match and I was there yesterday in four very different facets of the game. I don't think he's my favorite player to watch on the field this year. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. I mean, uh, I, I think we'd be hard pressed to, you'd be hard pressed to talk to anybody that isn't uh, on the Jade Nonan uh, hype train at this point, well, uh, but who, who is your favorite player? That you're, is it is it Jaden? No, it's not. So I know who it is. So I, I Mitch knows who my favorite player is, but I haven't really gotten to see him play very much. Um, my favorite player to see so far this season is Isidro Martinez. Mm. And I think he's really kind of unsung in that midfield, just right in the center. He's, he's involved in almost everything that the team is doing. He had two shots last night, one shot on goal, one missed header. Um, but he had two really, really good opportunities. And he, similar to Mario Cicero, is kind of playing all over the field. He's mm-hmm. not just stuck to his midfield the same way that Cicero's not just stuck to being a forward. You'll see um, Isidro, who's who's listed at 5'8", and being 5'10", or 5'11", myself, and standing next to him can probably <laughs> say that he's not quite 5'8". Um, he is in cleats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's he's running to the back and helping out with you know blocking free oh, kicks. Yeah. He's moving forward and trying to take headers. Uh, the same way Chichero drops back and plays defense, uh, building a wall. Um, I, I those two guys I think are probably my two favorites to watch because um, being from a not soccer background myself, I didn't grow up watching a lot of soccer. Didn't grow up in a big soccer family. Um, those two guys, and then somebody like Stephen Payne, who I can see running up the wing and providing crosses for his teammates, are the three types of people that me, as kind of a cerebral thinker, hmm. see. And I'm like, oh, this is what soccer is supposed to look like. It's not right. just so like everybody loves Jade Nona and everybody loves Christian Cheney and seeing goals and you know, getting those headers and seeing emotion, which is fantastic. But there's such a silent quality to soccer that doesn't really get brought up too much. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's really important Great to point, talk Trent. about those guys. Uh, Isidro Martinez had a 7.6 on FOPMOP last night. And that was tied for third highest on the team. Yep. Nobody would think that he had a score like that because he was so meticulous in the way that he went about playing. Yeah, and you mentioned Stephen Payne too, who he was really good last night too. Again, again, um, he's been really good in every game we've had this year. Um, if Moro didn't score that header, Stephen was right there. Like, yeah, yeah. Like either one of those. I mean, and then he had, he was the, the cross that the reason for the own goal. It was his cross. Yep. Yeah. So um, he's been guys... he's been really good. And so... on the other side too, give it up to Jacob Kroll. He's oh, been yeah. he, he played he, fantastic he, last night too. Again, another one of those just quietly yeah, going he, out there, I, getting the job done mention, and yeah. being fucking amazing. I was gonna I mean, mention so. him as well. Three tackles last night, played all yeah. over the defensive line left. He's a great right. kid too. Yeah. He's a great kid. Really just glad to be here. 
just really engaging. He's just a good, good dude. So Kyle, he almost had two goals last night too. Um, that had a header blocked and skied that that open net. Uh, yeah, off yeah. off a off He's a want that back. rebound. Oh yeah. Um, what do you guys make of? So last night, this is interesting stat because this, this we we gave Triumph sixty one percent of the possession. Mm. and held them to just one more shot than than we had. We had 13 total shots, five big chances. So four of the chances created last night were from Cello, were from Isidro Martinez. Um, I, I happen to agree with you, Trevor. I think he's been another sort of like just quiet workhorse. I'm hoping at some point, you know, he can, he can start seeing some productivity as far as goal scoring goes because um, apparently he's got a pretty – wicked shot from distance uh that i don't think we've we've seen yet um what what do you make of uh conceding that much possession last night definitely the the that crazy uh save pk save to counterattack goal uh was was a textbook uh counterattack in my mind anyway do yeah. you do you think we were trying to play on the counterattack more last night than keep possession so i don't know if it was a plan of uh, not having possession because I'm pretty sure every single soccer team in the world wants to have possession of the ball as much as possible. But I think um, they were okay with trying to play in their own field. It wasn't so much that they were trying to give the ball away. It's that they wanted to show, Hey, we're comfortable being in our, in our, in our half, in our quarter, um, we're comfortable with our goalkeeper playing the way he is, with our defenders playing the way they are. And when we allow you to push up and bring your players forward, that just gives us the opportunity to attack you back. Mm. And no greater opportunity than off of that PK, which what took 20 seconds from save to goal. Um, Not even. Yeah. Um, unpopular opinion, apparently, on Facebook because there are people arguing about it on that post. <laughs> but I think that might be the greatest goal in forward Madison history. A lot of people said Derek Gebhard's header from uh, in the 92nd minute that had people oh, spilling yeah. onto the field a few years ago. That's pretty uh, big. <laughs> that, that I, was I think pretty from big. an emotional standpoint, I agree with them on that. But from an actual like, like overall yeah. team a, play. A PK getting saved into a goal is something that happens. I don't Almost know how never. often. I can't remember how often. I, don't I mean, it happened in our league. Yeah, yeah. That's that's you know when you write it up. I mean, scoring that's, against scoring against the run of play. That's probably equivalent to the seven ten split. Yeah, yep. and both is like when you save a pen and then immediately come back and score. That's it's, 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 it's it doesn't happen. It's, it's so funny. It's so funny that you mentioned that, Grant. I've been bowling for 25 years. My dad was military, worked yeah. right across from a bowling alley. So I started bowling when I was two years old. I've seen one seven ten split made in my entire life, Same. and personally with my own eyes. So yeah. I really like that comparison of yes, it can happen theoretically, but this just isn't a thing that happens super often. There have been more perfect games bowled on television than seven ten splits made. And I feel yeah. like although emotionally that ninety second minute goal is scored, we also saw a ninety second minute goal scored against us to tie the game earlier this week. Yeah. So that 
that type of goal, I don't want to say is a dime of dozen, but it happens fairly often. So those overtime goals, the, the equalizers or the put-aheaders are maybe more, you know, exciting and empathetic to people who want to see those types of highlight reels. But what better highlight reel than running, you know, fully across the pitch in less than 20 seconds to score a goal after a PK? It was, and it's one of those things too, Trev, where it was like, (laughs) as Andrew said, the save goes off the post, off Burns' head. (laughs) Bounces out to Jaden, who then has to like pretty much sidestep a guy. And it was at that moment, it's like all of a sudden, you look up and there's like five Mingos running that, like all the running, and there's one of them. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. How, where this, like, it's almost like they drew it up. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so it funny amazing. how it worked out because the only option that um, that the opposing defender had was immediately after Jaden Onan passed, he stuck his hand up hoping for an offside, but every single player was behind him. They were 10 feet behind him, and he's like, I have no option other than to hope that the USL one refs, who are the greatest refs of all time and never make mistakes. <laughs> Have to have to call an offsides on people that are ten. He was so that was Pollock who, as soon as we scored, he ran over to the ref complaining about being offside, and I yelled at him. I'm like, "You kept them on. It's your fault." On that rush, kept on side by Tyler Pollock, every single one. Yeah. Um, I do want to. I do want to note something real quick uh, about two things that you said, Trevor. One, um, I think with the Derek Gebhard goal, you had to be there. You weren't there. Like, That's very fair. It, uh, that was our first game back in Breeze after being at Hart Park in 2020. Um, yeah. Like, it wasn't just a 90-second minute winner. It was a 90-second minute winner after we hadn't been in Breeze for over a year because of the COVID restrictions. Um, the other thing is you had mentioned that every team wants to keep possession of the ball. And normally I think I would agree with you, but I think in the case of being against Greenville, I think that that's not the case. I think that I agree with you. So John Harks, John Harks is Greenville's head coach and he has, he, he might be, he, he might be the best head coach that this league has seen. Um, he has consistently put Greenville on top of the league or near the top of the league. And he does that through an excellently, uh, an excellently put together defense. And it is very, very hard to break that defense. And I think in the past year or so, teams have finally figured out how to beat John Harks' defense, and it is through the counter. Yeah, um, and- because the thing is, is what we did is that if you if you're faster than them, you play the counter and you just wait for the gaps. And then every when there's a gap, you every go. Single one of our goals. Every yeah. single one of our goals was through their defense not being set. Yep. Yeah, every it was, single one. It was against the run of play, where yeah. it's like they're they're down doing something, and we quick turn around. Boom. Yeah, yeah. So I think normally I would agree that, and and that's the thing for us is that we usually want to keep possession. And when I saw at halftime, when I saw the stats at halftime, that we had less possession, and we had fewer passes made, because we always have far more passes made than any oh, yeah. team we play. When I saw that, I'm like, this was intentional. Yeah. 
I'll agree with the the passes, especially. I I don't know if you guys know this about me. I know Mitch does, and I'm pretty sure Grant does. I don't know if you know this, Andrew. I hate soccer. So, <laughs> I, I, I grew up in a baseball family. I grew up playing tennis, So and I grew up bowling. So all of those three are extremely exciting sports, as you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I could, I could never. I I went to. I grew up in Dallas or just west of Dallas. I could never. I went to two or three uh, Dallas Burn game when I was younger. Could never keep my attention. Um, yeah. My high school soccer sucks in Texas because if you're good, you're gonna either go to Mexico and play or you're gonna play in what is now FC Dallas's system. So being able to watch good soccer was not something that I had the opportunity to do as a kid. Um, And now coming up here, I've been able to watch good soccer and it turns out I really do hate it. Like there's (laughs) like I, the, the game itself is not something that interests me, but what interests me is people like you grant and you andrew and you mitch who absorb the team's energy and the fact that i have now been to double digit ford madison fc games Mm -hmm. in four different states is a testament to the fan base that this that this organization has how well they do with bringing in people who from all walks of life from you know, some Lebanese Irish Catholic to <laughs> to a, I, I know one of those <laughs> to, to a Texan Jew uh, to so many uh, people who are trying to bring accessibility into soccer. Yeah. Like there is such a wide community of people here, and I know that if you ask the questions that you asked me about your favorite players and you know best moment in history, worst loss, all of those things, you're going to have 3,223 different answers for mm-hmm. the amount of people that were there yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's trying to take my job. Yep. <laughs> you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a job. Unpopular opinion. I hate podcasts too. Yeah. I think, you know, so I, we. I'm, yeah, we're, all just, <laughs> we're all just masochists. That's why we, uh, we put up with this sport and we do this thing because we, Love it and absolutely detest it and hate it. Uh, but we'll see you on Saturday for some soccer. Yeah, uh, I'll be there. I got a call. <laughs> you just reminded me. I got a call on Monday to get my season tickets. So you better <laughs> take care of that. Uh, Trevor, right, thank you for joining us Thanks, today. Uh, Luego. Go yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. I love Great. having Trevor over to my place and then throwing soccer onto the TV and then having to talk to him <laughs> the entire time to keep him engaged with the game. <laughs> Yeah, it's a yeah. I mean, sometimes look, if it's not one thing, it's it's another that pulls people in, right? Like, I think yeah. people that become baseball fans, by and large, aren't just watching it on TV, right? Like, you, it's the game oh, day no. experience. It's it's yeah. the traditions around it. Um, it's the the relationships you build, up, especially if you have season tickets uh, from everybody that sits around you in in your section. Um, so, you know, the, the anthropological side of things, um, I feel like is just as important as the actual like sport aspect of it. 100%. I mean, and I think that for years, I mean, this, this is a conversation we could have go off into how many tangents, but I think a lot of it is, you know, for years, it was the, how the game was broadcast on television. 
you know, because for a lot of people, you know, televised soccer or televised sports is your first, you know, kind of invitation into into the sport. And for years, I thought that the, the television way the game was being filmed was not great. And that cha- that kind of changed, you know, um, in the last 10 years. So there's more it, close because I think once people go to games and experience that live, you know, kind of atmosphere and see how fast these guys are um, and how think fast things move, it just it changes things. So it's like hockey's like that, right? Like right. hockey is one of hockey is one of those sports where you watch it on television and it's it's OK. It's great. You know, if you like hockey, you enjoy it. But when you go to a hockey game, and you, you're there. It's hard not to get into that sport. So absolutely. Uh, we'd like to welcome Jay to, to hey, the Jay. show. He's, Jay is one of our Patreon backers. Thank you so much, Jay. Jay uh, will like forever be one of my favorites because he made the most amazing mufaletta sandwiches oh, for the, the Omaha trip. Oh, yeah. They were like, bro, those things were phenomenal. They got me through the day. Like, Glad to hear it. Yeah, they Glad were amazing. Thank you. So you might not have gotten any falafel that you made, Grant, but you got no. Some I didn't. I, I, I like I made a bunch of falafel. <laughs> I didn't even get any of it, but I got Jay's mufflon sandwiches. So I'm happy. I love his food that day. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, Morrow's goal, which was a very, very well worked team goal. Uh, another Jaden Onan assist. Surprise, surprise. Uh, yep. <clears throat> what what about this guy? Like I, he was one of the people I was excited for the most, especially after having the sort of championship level pedigree. He's probably a guy who would have played for FC Dallas uh, if he had, had stayed fit uh, after yeah. after getting drafted to the MLS. Uh, Jay, what have you made of of Mauro Sichero? and his contribution to the team so far this season. Fantastic. Um, I enjoyed his goal yesterday. Um, the header, if I remember, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, exciting. Um, I was right on my end where I was sitting, so it's always fun to see the, the pass come into center and, and land successfully. So it, it, they were due for that one to come through for him, so I'm glad it did. Yeah, absolutely. Um he looks like a player who has something to prove this season. And, you know, the interesting thing is you talk with him and he's such a humble guy. He's a mostly quiet guy. Um, but also he, you know, he's just sort of classic, uh, super tall, kind of tall, dark and handsome, good looking guy who also happens to be able to play soccer really well. Uh, he's a triple threat. Um, what, what, how do you think, uh, given we talked about this a little bit earlier, given how, how well our, our front line played last night, um, we, we've seen that Nazim Bartman is on his way back from, from injury. Um, and we talked about it's, it's a good problem to have having, having some depth up front because we, we haven't had that ever of actual productive goal scorers. Do you think it's going to be a challenge for, uh, Nazim Bartman to break back into this team with the way that the front line are playing? The way it looks, I guess you could say yes to that. You know, um, I, I'm not sure. You you guys have more of a personal contact and relationship with the players than I do. Um, I get most of my stuff from bios off the app. You know, sure. um, but, but uh, th- they're looking great, and it's going to be hard to get back in there. But the, I'm sure he's got the talent to do it as well. You know, so maybe they yeah. can put him somehow. Absolutely. You know, the interesting thing, and I want to talk about 
Burn Shipman because he had an incredible game last night. Uh, it, everything went his way, including uh, uh, Mitch Osmond's like uh, header towards the crossbar, the post that bounced off the post and then bounced off the side of, of Burn's face uh, and somehow ended up uh, getting called for a handball and a penalty. Um, yeah. But <laughs> last night he looked astounding. And I, I just looked at the league uh, one stats table. Burn Shipman is the top of the saves uh, stats for the entire league right now with 11. Um, what have you made of, of Burns uh, season so far? Spectacular. Um, you know, when we went down to Omaha, um, he, to me, he almost looked slightly wobbly at times, but did great. You know, he came up great when he needed to. And, and now he just comes up great most of the time, you know. So mm -hmm. especially last night, that, that ball was like a pinball and and lots of bodies on it. But but he did a fantastic job. Yeah, I think that's a great point you bring up, too, Jay. Um, I thought he was a little wobbly in Omaha, too. And. I, that was somewhat concerning because going into the season, Matt had been talking about how it was his demeanor and kind of calm approach to things that was all that was part of the reason why they wanted to go get him. Um, he is definitely exhibiting that now. Like he has seemed to really kind of get comfortable with the situation and with his role and how and fitting in with things. And he, you know, you talk to him after after games or just on the pitch, or whatever. He's a cool customer. You know, he's a, he's a really, he's a very, very laid back, easygoing guy. Um, and I think that that's starting to show on the field a little bit now. And yeah. he's, we're, we're, we're starting to see it. And um, I don't think there's any, any doubt that last night was his best game um, as in a Mingo uniform. And so. Agreed. Yeah. Here's what, here's my question for you guys. What do you know about the Thai soccer league that he came from? He's got such an interesting background, you know. Yeah, very Thailand, uh, he, he did not play. He did not have a game played for Rochester. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you. I don't know. I get. I think sometimes those types of moves, um, when they happen, you kind of wonder if there's some there's something more going on behind closed doors with the clubs, um, to where it was like kind of like. We're going to send you here, but we don't want, we're going to send you because, you know, we want you to, you know, to, but we don't want you to play and potentially get hurt because we might need, we might uh -huh. need you at some point. So we'll send you yeah. to this club and you'll get paid to just be there. And so um, usually you've got to find, you know, a, you know, a club in a faraway league that's willing to just take the cash grab. But they uh, found that club. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because you think it's kind of strange that a guy that's this good doesn't find any time in a Thai yeah. professional league. <laughs> so that's that to me, Jay. That's what I think is probably was probably the situation. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I will say too. Um, you know, looking looking at some of the other stats, not speaking specifically about Burn Shipman um, <clears throat> right now, uh, three games into the league season uh, for for Madison. Derek Gebhardt is sitting at uh, he's tied for third place for chances created uh, in the league uh, with eight. Um, so he's tied with uh, Rafa Mensingen at NCFC and Arthur Rogers at, uh, at Hailstorm. 
they are beat out by Oberton on uh, for the Jacks and Vinyals in the kickers who have nine and 10 respectively. So Derek is definitely putting in the work uh, just behind him. Uh, Isidro Martinez. Uh, so the chances are definitely being created. Um, do you guys think that last night was a sort of a hopeful opening of the floodgates as far as our, our scoring accounts go? I think so. I'd like Everybody to. kind of said early on that, uh, you know, even in Omaha, that they were creating these opportunities. They just weren't converting. Well, here they were converting. So that makes sense. A few games later, that things are coming together for them, I guess, from, from my point of view. I completely agree with that, Jay. Um, I think it's, it's more alarming if you're not scoring and not creating opportunities. Um, it's frustrating when you're creating opportunities and not scoring. But as long as you kind of like stay, um, you know, stay, stay strident with things, um, those opportunities are going to go in. And I think it's what I think what we're seeing is what Jay talked about is that last night, those the opportunities are going in. And hopefully it's just you keep doing the job and making the opportunities and know it's like, you know, they're going to win. This game is a funny game, as we know. I hate this game. I'll see you tomorrow for some soccer. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's a funny game. You're going to have times where you're doing everything right. You're making the pat and the ball just won't go in or you can't, you're just shipping goals and you're, you know, for, and then you have time games like last night where everything you do works. Yeah. Exactly. The important part is all the work behind those moments. And I think what we're seeing is we're creating all those opportunities. We're doing all the things we need to do. It's just a matter of now to put them home. You know, what's crazy is that not everything we did last night worked. We easily no. could have had seven or eight goals. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And we said that we said that in Omaha too. Yeah. That they're like, I remember Jay and I were talking about that. I'm like, we probably should have scored four or five in this game. You know, I'm like, we got one, but we, you know, I mean, Cheney should have scored two in the last 30 right. seconds of the game. Right. So, we, you we know, had two, we had two, we had two balls saved. Uh, and the curl miss in the first six minutes of the game. And then yep. after we went down a man and Greenville was just pushing, 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 we had probably two or three excellent chances that just didn't go in, you know, for whatever reason, whether that was, I mean, Cheney had two ball, two, two separate times in this game where he had the ball at his feet and he had one defender basically to beat. And he tried to make the, the side pass and, to the pass and yep. you know maybe if he's more selfish there you know we get a or or if he holds the ball a little bit longer you know we get a, a better opportunity and maybe we score our goal there and we still despite all this stuff scored four goals against greenville yeah yeah a team that we have historically struggled um yeah i guess one more question specifically about christian cheney he had a great night last night. He only had two shots, if you'll believe it. Uh, one of which, both were on target. One of which was was that crazy counterattack goal. The a more uh, cool thing, at least from my perspective, because we historically have been very poor in the air, uh, as far as like challenges and duels, aerial duels, especially as far as winning them. Cheney won six out of six last night. Um, <clears throat> Do you this this appears to me uh, to be, you know, maybe some of Matt's uh, and the coaching staff's um, 
work that they put in to, to bring in some taller, more physical players. Um, do you see that as a trend that is going to continue through this season of just trying to have more of that aerial dominance? I mean, we're a taller team. That helps. We won 68.4% of our aerial duels yesterday, which is far better than we had in any game last year. Last year, we were terrible in the air. I mean, you know, I love Eric Leonard, but it doesn't help when you have a 5'8 center back. Right? No. We, you know, like, we've got Chaney up front, and Chaney's a big, strong guy who he can he can win those, you know. He can, he can push a guy down, which, which, you know, again, I love Abdu. Abdu doesn't have, you know, he's tall, but he doesn't have that size that Chaney has. Right. To, to, and and to, we saw that this would be a change the first preseason game we went to against Fire 2. Yes. Well, we, so, were, yeah. we, we, were, we were like, that was one of the yeah, things that we brought up was that Cheney was getting every single ball in the he air. He was manhandling their back line. <laughs> yeah. And so we knew right then that this was going to be something that the team was going to try and do. And that this was going to be an approach that they were going to use was to use more of the long balls because we've got horses now that, that you know, are just huge bodies that are just up front that can run and jump and do all, you know. Like you said, Mitch, you win 68% of your aerial duels in a game. They're called 50-50s for a reason, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. And if you're winning almost 70% of those balls, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's I, a good I thing. Used to play, I used to play Rocket League um, in, semi-competitively, and like there, there are those balls that it's like it's 50-50. Like you go for it, the other guy goes for it. And there, there is... You know, like in that in in that game, at least there is sort of a technique to winning the ball more often than not, you know, and part of part of that, you know, part of that in in real soccer comes down to size and things like that, obviously. But there is a technique to it. And some of these guys, they have that technique. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Jay, any sort of closing comment for you? We really appreciate you joining us today and calling in and all your support on the Patreon. Yeah, as Jay, well. you're great. Thanks, man. Um, this is my first Zoom experience, and I just want to thank all three of you for the education that you've given me over the handful of years here. Um, I really want to ask you about this, your stat sources now, Bop Mob or whatever that is. You know I got a lot more questions for you, but I appreciate all you do, and thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just there's an there's a mobile app called Fot Mob. There's also a website. Um, you can set up a, your favorite teams and your alerts for them. Um, yeah. And they they try to get the stats to be pretty up to the minute, even during games. Um, so, yeah. uh, and I believe they source all of their data from from uh, Opta. Yeah, yeah. They do. Everything, and Opta, yeah, so everything everything for USL one comes through Opta for for them. So, I would say to you, Jay, you would know this um, if you're a baseball fan or if you were something like when the stats Inc was like kind of like the beginning of like the first for saber metrics back in baseball. In the You know, okay. that is essentially what Opta is. They are like the stats Inc for soccer. So they yeah. do a lot of the saber metrics and stuff like that. So um, that's where a lot of the ratings and things like that come from is um, they all come from Opta. So, and if you want more like detailed analysis, I also use a website called American Soccer Analysis, which they have mm -hmm. uh, um, they have advanced stats for uh, for MLS, for USL Championship, for League. Oh, League. look at that! Andrew threw up a graphic. That's cool. Neat. 
Yeah, um, right. And also, You're I think for NWSL. But yeah, um, yeah, Fat Mob. Fat Mob's great just because it's very, yeah. it, it's it's very intuitive and easy, it's very approachable. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you can get alerts and stuff for like things that are going on. So if you can't watch the game, you can get an alert on your phone. Hey, yeah. goal got scored. Yeah. I would say that that is for the three of us. I would say that's our go-to live soccer app. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say if you are trying not to have things spoiled when you're watching uh, them on TV. So if you're watching a match from home or at the four club, you might want to turn off the notifications from Fat Mob yeah. because they are often a minute ahead of the broadcast. Uh, yeah. So you will they will spoil goals for you. The I would say you can. What's nice about it is that you can leave them on for the team, and then you can just go into the individual game beforehand and just click turn mute the mute the match. Yep. Just that okay. game. Perfect. Anyway, well, I'll see you guys Saturday. Sounds Looking great, Jay. Have a good rest of your day. You you as well. Peace. All right. Always like that Jay guy. Uh, That's I don't great. Care. Yeah, I don't care uh, what anybody says about him. Uh, <laughs> all I've heard is good. So, yeah, all yeah. good things. All good things. Just giving you a hard time, Jay. Um, all right. Well, we're going to welcome in uh, a Mr. John Lowry. Uh, oh, there he is. He's repping the Lakers, too. I knew it. <laughs> he's game day, right? He thinks he's talking, but he's not. There we go. I think- there we I, are. I have so much Zoom etiquette, even though that this is a, a you know, a you get pulled in thing. I, I've got like seven years of mute when you're not actively talking. On oh, yeah. Going so, <laughs> love the love the ceiling, John. Very, uh, very white. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is good. this is the uh, joys of one bedroom life in a uh, work remote world. <laughs> so there, there you go. The Lakers play today, John. Two. Yeah, two. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I wanted to bring up something that might have been warranted. Mitch, you would probably know better than most of us. Uh, 17 minutes of added time in this game. Uh, 11 minutes alone in the second half. Uh, warranted? Unwarranted? Or is this just... Uh, and I wanted, to, I wanted to mention this too, because this is the Sunday seance. Our referees last night uh, the the main referee, her, they were pronouncing it Pagan, but her last it's name pagan. Is, is Pagan. <laughs> it's Pagan. <laughs> anyway, just a little aside, but uh, seventeen minutes of added time was it warranted? Um. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, I mean, when like at the at the second half, at least they said you know when they said 11 like i think i was saying beforehand i was talking to steve shaw and i was saying we're gonna get 10 minutes probably somewhere around yeah. that. when they said 11 i wasn't i wasn't actively surprised i mean when you when you look at it there were there was the scuffle there were multiple injuries one which was a head injury actually that might have been first half um which that that warranted the six minutes because yeah. there was the there was a uh, there's a um, uh, Daniel Wu and uh, and Timmy Mel knocked heads. I think it was around the 33rd minute. Um, but between that stuff, you know, there were some other injuries in the second half. There was the, the substitutions, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not terribly surprised about that much. And that uh, that six minutes that we got at the end of the first half, it actually was 
like about seven minutes 45. So we really got a total of about 19 minutes of added time overall. Yeah. No, I said yeah. the uh, over under with Dylan Cox at 10 and a half. So I feel pretty good about having a good <laughs> Vegas line on, on the second half. Added time. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was over by Keith T Meyer and we were trying we were going back and forth and I, I called 11. Yeah. Um, he called 13. And, <laughs> um, but if you know, Keith, that's kind of, I, he was also when it was four one during extra time. He was still, he's like, game's not over yet. And I'm just like, yeah. I love, I'm like, I love this attitude from you, Keith. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, you know. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, I was not. I'm with you, Mitch. Um, was not surprised. I mean, especially after the the fr- the, the fracas, um, which was just ridiculous. Donnie Brook. Yeah, oh, which yeah. we can talk about, but we got. I mean. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. So essentially what happened, um, long ball of Cheney, you know, uh, Cheney bodies a guy, and the guy pretty much, like, trips Cheney while he's on the ground as Cheney's trying to back up, and then, like, Cheney goes down, and then, like, uh, they get up, and the guy pushes Cheney, and Jaden comes in and essentially just, like, body checks this guy. Now... Aaron Walker was the guy for Green Right. Bay. Now, Aaron Walker, I don't – I'm not aware um, that, that he um, was such so accomplished of an actor. Um, <laughs> he made a huge meal. Of that, and that wasn't, I mean, this guy's got a career, dude. Like, he's got a career. Like, if soccer doesn't work out, Hollywood better be calling. I mean, because that guy – You'd have thought he got shot from a sniper from like from the roof. Constellation, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like a complete like body like jump with like you know holding his face. Wow! It reminded me of Nish- Rashid Nuhu earlier in the day when when uh, yeah. when a North Carolina player slid past him untouched and Nuhu took a half second and then jumped in the air and grabbed his legs and then and then fell on the ground and just sat there for three minutes like yeah similar you know like i don't think i don't think it was a deserved red um no i also do not think that the league will overturn the red no i I don't either i uh i would be happy if they did but i don't think it will happen no and Jaden, you know i after the game he was really concerned about going into the forward club because he was like he and this is a testament to Jaden, right? You know, he, I saw him, I'm talking to him and he's not about like the assists. He had the great game. He had, he literally was so concerned and because he felt he disappointed the fans because he got sent off. Like that was his concern. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm like, these people are going to love you. I'm like, you're fine. Don't even worry about this. I'm like, and it's only one game. And his face immediately lit up. Yeah. He was thinking back in like the FA rules, because in FA rules, if you get a straight red, it's three. It's three games. And so he was thinking he's getting three games. I'm like, it's one game, bro. You sit out one game and come. Okay. Yeah. Violent conduct is a is is an automatic three games in in England. I I know that. the USL one rule book is USL it's like if you get a straight red, it's one no matter what. Okay. Yeah, it's just one unless, no matter what. Unless so. they unless they go and specifically suspend you for more. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the longest 
uh, suspension anyone's gotten in this league for on-field behavior uh, was a Chattanooga player. I believe it was either last year or the year before who got four games yeah. uh, for going and fighting uh, some uh, some Tormenta 2 players. Which was crazy. I was watching that happen. It was crazy. Like, yeah. I think there were like four tor- like four Tormenta Academy players. He just went over and started <laughs> fighting them. Like, yeah, <laughs> like because they were so they, yeah, they were over and like, you know, one of the ends, like kind of just there. Right chirping and so he just runs over at one of the plays just pretty much does like a cantona like kung fu kick you know <laughs> and so yeah it was crazy but but yeah I, he's gonna get one game and he'll be it's back so he'll miss you know and so yeah well, it's but we'll go from there but yeah he uh i it, it was not a red card um and i think also too what here's something that I I like the fact that he got it by sticking up for a teammate. Oh yeah, you know he got it because the guy was giving the business to Cheney, and he's essentially saying he's like, ah, we, uh, you know, he's rallying for playing for each other, which is what we've talked about is what we've needed to see, and I think that that's a good thing to see that this, this is a team like that's the Reds we took last year, where Hassini yeah. lost his head or. Um, Drew Connor entered the game. <laughs> Drew Connor <laughs> was, was going to have a hard slide tackle within five minutes of coming on every time he came on. And then uh, a couple times Alan Torres came on for Drew. And, like, you know Matt told him, like, no, you're you're doing Drew's role because he would come out in and take a guy out, like, five yeah. minutes in. Or yeah. Cyrus Rod just booting that ball in the Tucson game early in the season. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't stuff like you just lost your head or, I mean, Drew Connor's red was not deserved at all. No, but no. Yeah. Ignoring no. that, like, yeah, sticking up for a teammate. That's huge, you know? That's that's what you want to see. You want to see the guys yeah. fighting for each other, especially this early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and coming off of a, a hard loss, you know? Um, they... I, you just you can't talk enough about how good last night was, right. and how good that good that performance was. Just top to bottom, inside out, it was a complete performance. Um, yep. We talked about it. You know, the one goal they gave up, they would have given up. Any team in any league anywhere in the world would have given up that goal because that was a perfectly struck, curled shot. World and world class. World class. Like going to be goal of the week, like you said. I mean, it's going to be goal. It, if it it's not goal, goal of the week, week. Unless, unless we stuff the ballot for the yeah, you know, exactly. Like we always do, <laughs> you know. But. You know, take the Chicago method of you know vote early and vote often. Um, I but it was the Atlanta method. <laughs> it's, I think it's it's just a method for right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to talk a, a bit about the the own goal. Um, because yeah. you had mentioned earlier, Mitch, about the, the head injury that happened um, when uh, Timmy Mel and Daniel Wu uh, connected going for an aerial duel. Um, I, I, I would not want to bump heads with Timmy Mel ever. Uh, no. He, you know, he's, he's like the kind of guy who, you know, looks like he could take a, at least a few of those types of hits and still be just fine. Um, but they, Timmy Mel seems like the type of guy that, like, as a kid, 
probably got hit by a golf club by one of his brothers and started laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's telling that Mel was down on the ground for less time than Wu was after that, after that collision. And Mel came off at 45. Sammy came yeah. off at 45. And I mean, Wu stayed on and he came out, he came out, I think, around like 60, 62, yeah. something like that. And it was too late. It yeah. was, it was he, he came out because the own goal was his. Yep, yep. exactly. It was his. I mean, and it's I like they I brought and they, they brought him out because I mean, and this is this is like a whole different argument we can get in or discussion we get into. Like you said, Timmy came off. His his head injury was he was like, I'm we're not we're not sending you back out there. Wu was down for four minutes on the ground. And they sent him back out in the second half and he Yeah. It was I don't not know. it was not a good play by him. Like no. I understand so I understand not wanting the ball to go through there, but it was not a well struck ball from pain. It was no. not gonna get all the way through. And Wu had time to make a decent clearance, and he made the worst clearance he possibly could have made. Like yeah, it was though. it was a howler of a it was a yeah, fantastic finish. Man, it was not. It was if I'm a Greenville fan watching that, I'm just like Good lord, man, that was not good. And you have to wonder if that that injury that he had, you know, like it because he might he may have just been swimming that entire like you know that entire 15 minutes he was out on the pitch in the second half, and then the additional what 15 that he was on in the at the end of the first half. I I'm shocked that he was left out there, and I think that might just be because. Greenville has had some injury issues early in the season. Yeah, they had four, four guys on their roster were out for that game, including Brandon Fricky. You know, like they just may not have really had another option. And, and Harks may have just been like, after that was just like, we have no choice. We have to take him off. You yeah. know, just, just a depth issue right now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, John overall, um, do you, I, I think we all hope that mm-hmm. last night was a sign of good things to come, especially against sort of a, a, a boogeyman team that Greenville has been to us over the years. Um, what's your take? Do you think we're going to kick on from here and, and, and really, you know, try to go on a run and do some damage in the league? Yeah, it's always early season. This league is weird. Cause I mean, you have people who haven't practiced for that long yet. You have teams who are still bringing people in. So it's always tough to project, but, what we have at least going this year that we haven't in the past is every year there's a promise of an attack and this guy's coming in, this guy's coming in. And this is the first time that we've actually seen like, no, we have ourselves a proper number nine. We have a guy that if you get the ball to him, he's going to put it in the net. Mm -hmm. We have guys to the side of him who are making dangerous plays. So like that's going to be going good for us because I mean, what we ran into last year and prior years, a bunch is you're never going to win a game if you don't score a goal. Can't happen. You need right. at least the one. Right. Right? Exactly. And now I can pretty much bank we're probably going to get one. So from there, it's golden. So we'll see how it shakes out from here. But positive start to that. Uh, you've seen, um, you know, in USL 1, two points a game is getting you in the playoffs, right? Yep. Win at home, draw on the road, averages out to two. You're you're right. good to go. If you get two points a game, you are, you you are, want, getting, you you are the one seed. Two yeah. points a game, you're getting the one seed easily. 
Like that's 64 points. Yeah. And like, even beyond that, we're, you know, still chasing wins on the road in games where in the past we would have just been parking the bus, shelling up, just trying to get that, you know, hold the draw for the last 15, 20 minutes. So the guys are confident. We've got goals actually going in. We've got attacks that look dangerous. It looks like a good spot to be in. Yeah. Um, just want to call everybody's attention to where we are in, in the league table and some of the stats around uh, the team so far this league season. Fourth in the league table after three games. Um, Charlotte Independence is in at the top of the table, uh, having played four games and winning two of theirs. Uh, it's worth mentioning, I feel like, um, Charlotte is top of the table for shots overall with 59 to Madison, who's in third at 43 what what is interesting to me is that charlotte's top of the table for goals right now at six madison's second with five um so we're definitely we're, we're tied with north carolina and tormenta for second um but i think it's worth mentioning you know tormenta's played five games north carolina's played one more than us Correct. so i feel like we're, we're at least staying competitive even if we haven't uh this is our first game that we've won um, so far this season. Um, we're, you know, I know it's very, very early to tell, but I feel like if we're keeping the form that we are, you know, rounding out the end of the month, because we've got, you know, we've got some games coming up that I feel like are going to be sort of pivotal for keeping that form. Um, what, what upcoming games are, are you guys eyeing up? So we, we play, Two weeks from yesterday, uh, play uh, the Independence at home. Uh, then we play away to Knoxville and then away to North Carolina. Um, May looks like a busy month. We've got four total games, uh, only one of which is at home. Um, <clears throat> how crucial is it that we keep uh, this good run of form on the road going through the month of May? I think it's going to be essential. I mean, because... Early in the season, you can't win a title early in the season, but you can definitely put yourself out of it uh, early in the season. And so I think going down the road and um, getting points, whether it's just what John was saying, it's just if you just go on the road and we you get a point, you're you're doing okay. Um, I would like to think with. Um, those uh, North Carolina and Knoxville games, that's a chance to get three in each of those games. Um, and that might be, those might be, things might change a little bit because um, I don't think getting three against Charlotte is guaranteed. No. Uh, I, agree, I think especially that's especially without Jaden, without Jaden. I think, oh, yeah. I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be hard up in that game. That's I think the top it, yeah. ten in the league right now. You know, like if yeah. we if we get out of there, I, I personally, if we get out of there with a draw, I think I'll be the Charlotte game. Are you saying against Charlotte? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's one one, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm it might feel different after the game depending on how the game goes. You know, because mm -hmm. yeah, because one one can be very different if you know you score you score later you give up yeah. a if but, you give up a late goal, but. I think yeah. any positive result in that game, I'm happy with. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I would agree. But then I, so then I think, yeah, that Knoxville game or that North Carolina game becomes a little bit more um, impactful because you're probably going to have to get through it to, to stay, stay running in one of those yeah. games. So I think, yeah, I think we have to win one of those 
two games. Yeah, yep. sneak a three on the road. Yeah. Um, I think more likely, more likely beating Knoxville, North Carolina looks like looks like more of a playoff team this year. Although yep. it's it is early days, um, you know, I a lot of a lot of uh, hundits, I guess you could call them, uh, around League One are saying have been saying that North Carolina is the team to beat this year. I do not agree. Uh, I didn't agree before the season either. Um, I thought it was Charlotte all along, and they've proven it so far. Too much. Um, I think that I think that North Carolina is going to sit around that. They're going to be a bubble playoff team. I think they'll make it. Um, but if we are to be a team that gets a home playoff game or gets a bye in the playoffs, that is the sort of team that we need to be able to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. 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 Well, John, thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, always great to chat with you. It's good to see you up on the capital stand last night. Yep. Um, good luck to your Lakers this afternoon. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. One quick stats question. Does anyone sure. know how many hoo-hahs are in an average called arms? <laughs> 63. Yeah, okay. 63 hoo-hahs. <laughs> All right. See you later, John. Bye, Johnny. Well, I, I think today uh, our call-in show was a a, uh, a great success, as yeah, they say in the business. Um, I, I had fun, even with a sore head, and uh, trying to recover from a week's worth of traveling. Um, well, no, but, well, now you get the rest of the afternoon to hang on the couch with Clyde. Yeah, we got to go pick him up from the, uh, the boarding spot at 3, but uh, we'll probably be there right when doors open, um, you know, because got to hang out with that guy. Um we will be recording an NDZ live episode this week, uh, probably tomorrow night. It sounds like we're going to be over at April's house again. Uh, we're working on securing some guests for that. Uh, if nothing else, uh, we can talk about the uh, upcoming UW friendly as well as the the Charlotte game, though. I think we'll cover that more in detail next weekend. Right. Um, right. We may not have a call-in show next weekend but we will see uh just because we, we we are playing the friendly on saturday night but who knows who knows there might be something to talk about so we'll see um yeah uh thank you again to all of the folks who called in um kept the conversation going uh, it's always good to have these uh <laughs> i'm just glad that we got a win right for our first yeah. call-in show i was hoping like you know on the back of that open cup game it could have gone very differently. I was um, hoping that we weren't going to have to have doom and gloom for the first show. Two of back to back losses. That'd be. I mean, be- it, it would have been it would have been just on brand for this team if if we came <laughs> into our first one with doom and gloom, right? Yeah, so, it's nice that we didn't. Yeah, no, I agree. Great, great, great night. I was springing my step all week this week. Um, but yeah. We will have that show that we record the NDZ live episode out as soon as possible uh, for our Patreon backers. Uh, Thanks again to all of our Patreon backers. It's five bucks a month that likely will be changing soon. We're going to do some different tiers, Uh, but you know, go ahead, subscribe to the Patreon. It helps us pay for costs, helps us, helps us do stuff like this because believe it or not, uh, all these different services that we use for, hosting the website and uh, running, running these live chats and live streams isn't free. It's no. definitely not free. Uh, so we can use all the help we can get. Um, any last words uh, from you two before we sign off for the day? Uh, another than me. 
just a beautiful, beautiful night. Uh, rain held off. Crowd was amazing last yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, clock end and was amazing. And the actual, the general crowd. Was it's amazing. the loudest I've heard that stadium. I'm, yeah. Like outside of maybe the home opener uh, in 2021, when we were finally able to be back at breeze. Right. But yeah. I think last night was pretty close to that. Yeah, it was great. So beautiful night, beautiful end of the week and uh, everybody be easy. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, um, I just have one stat that I want to throw out there. Jaden Onan, um, now at 0.33 assists per 90, um, which is leading the league, I believe. Um, Sounds right. He, uh, yeah, he's he's going to be good, man. He yeah, he's, he's been fun to watch so far, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it at that. Again, thank you to all of our guests. We will see you very soon. And up the motherfucking goes. We'll see you next time.